to the I Should Have Known podcast with Soups, Andy, and Tanner. It's a trivia podcast with a twist. Each episode, we dive into an interesting topic, and the host will share four big facts about it. But beware, one of those facts is total BS. Play along with the others to try to figure out which one is the lie, and by the end, you'll be saying, I should have known. Hey everyone, today's episode of the I Should Have Known podcast was recommended by one of our listeners. And if you would like to recommend an episode, just let us know on social media or through our website. Today, Andy is going to tell us all about pens. Let's see what she has for us. All right, boys. Yes, I'm hosting again, and you guys are going to have to guess my lie. My topic today is pens, and by pens, I mean the thing you write with. I actually have one next to me right now because pen can also mean like what you keep pigs in. Oh, okay. I mean the kind you write with, a uh, writing pen, if you will. I think when you said pens, where I keep pigs wasn't the first <laughs> thought in my mind. <laughs> well, it's a higher definition in the OED than the writing kind. So I wanted to be clear <laughs> that we we're talking about the writing kind. I wanted to ask, do you guys write? Because so, for example, when I write notes for these episodes, I use old school pen and paper. I write it down by hand. Do you guys write a lot, like by hand? I mean, not a lot as I would in high school, but definitely I like writing while preparing notes for any activities at work when I have a thought process. And well, my style of working at the start of the day, I create a task list and I usually like to write it down mm -hmm. and then just ticking it off throughout the day. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Yeah, or sacred ritual. Oh, like it's I like, like that. a ritual. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say it's very satisfying to like cross Absolutely. something off by hand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do like writing to do lists or notes. Write them in my planner. I used to write them in sticky notes. Yeah, there's quite a bit of evidence that suggests that you do remember things better when you write them by hand and then when you type them. Absolutely. I don't think this is a thing that will totally die away because I think there's just so much to benefit to. Yeah. So fact number one. The word pen comes from the Latin word paniculus, which meant a brush, or more literally, little penis. Oh yes, that's what I thought. Yeah, pen and penis has to have a <laughs> has to have a connection. Yeah, right. So, penis, the Latin word, it meant a tail. Sure. Yeah. And then the cula is diminutive form. So it's a little tail or a little penis. So yeah, that's where the word pen comes from. Oh, wow. So it meant brush. Yeah, I was going to ask. They didn't have the clicky pens. They didn't have fountain pens or quills even, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just going to ask, what kinds of pens do you know about? And you just named like three of them. So Soups, do you know any other pens? Gel pen. Yes. Good one. 90s babies. <laughs> High job. school. <laughs> yeah. So we have ballpoint. Fountain, quill, gel. Yeah. But I'm curious about the Latin pen. So what was theirs like? It was a brush? If it looks like a tail, it must be a brush. Yeah. Well, the word peniculus meant brush. And it's because this was an early writing tool, was a brush. Actually, the Chinese in particular were really good at ink brushes. But these were not really considered pens anymore. But when the pen, as in the quill, or the reed pen was used, this word kind of got attached to those as well. 
So it meant brush, but they applied it to two of these other writing tools. So yeah, we have to talk about the history of the pen. Yeah. Yes. So the important thing about pens is they're a writing device that transfers some kind of material, typically ink. And this is important because pens are very ancient. They were used in ancient times. Ancient Chinese and the ancient Egyptians used pens. Before that, the first writing utensil was the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And the next big revolution in writing was the stylus, which was used to mark clay. So these did not transfer pigment. So first we had reed pens made of reeds, and that's what the ancient Egyptians used to write on their papyrus. And then the big revolution in pen technology was when we took bird feathers, cut a little slit in them, dipped them in ink, and started using that. And that technology was used for hundreds of years. Those are called quills. Mm-hmm. And then dip metal pens were invented. So they invented metal nibs. This is the part that has the little slit and the ink goes inside this. They're called nibs. Mm-hmm. They were made of metal. So this was kind of the first revolution. Dip metal pens. Okay. And they had a metal nib. Yeah, they had a metal nib. This was big change. And then the next big change was the fountain pen, which means that the ink is inside the pen. This is a huge revolution. Now, you don't have to dip your, your pen into ink, but now the ink is inside the pen. That was a big thing. And then the ballpoint was invented. That was big. Changed the game. Yeah. And then the gel pen. And then the gel <laughs> pens. Yes. Yes. A couple other kinds of pens. Technology has advanced them to some degree. We'll talk a little bit about the space pen in a little bit. But it's interesting because this technology is ancient. It's a pretty simple thing. Wow. And we haven't really gotten a better way of writing. We just skipped to typing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You mentioned in this evolution of pens, people started using their fingers, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've gone full circle and now people write with their fingers again on their smartphone. And styluses. So the stylus has come back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fact number one was the etymology. So fact number two is related to ballpoint pens. They're called ballpoint pens predominantly in the U.S. But there are some other names for this kind of pen where the ink is on the inside and there's a ball at the tip. Do you guys know any other regional names for this kind of pen? Is it a Bic? Some people call it a Bic. Yeah, so some people call it a Bic, yes. After the company? Uh-huh. I thought they made lighters. Yeah, also lighters. Lighters and pens, yes. Okay. <laughs> Strange company. Very interesting. High school friendly combination. <laughs> and have you ever heard them called Byros? No. This is a more of like a UK regional term for this kind of pen. Fact number two, Byro is a brand of pens made by Bic. And both of those names are eponyms, meaning they're words named for people. Hmm. So those are both people's names. I was leaning toward Byro being a name of a company, but a name of a person too? Yeah, it's not the name of the company. So Bic makes Byro pens. Okay, understood. So this is the story. It's kind of a really cool story. Laszlo Byro is a Jewish-Hungarian journalist and inventor. And he invented what we call in America the ballpoint pen in 1938. So you can imagine in 1938 for a Jewish man living in Europe, in Paris, this is probably not a, it's not a good time. Yeah. So the technology improving ink kind of improved faster than the pen. So they had this quick drying ink that they used in printing. 
in press printing, you want the ink to dry quickly. Mm-hmm. But fountain pens were still using a different kind of ink that was thicker and took longer to dry. So his whole thing is he wanted to come up with a way to use this quick drying ink in a pen. So that's how he invented this pen. But because it was not safe for him in Europe, he sold the patent and fled with his family to Argentina. But he sold the patent to a man named Marcel Beek, which is spelled, interestingly, B-I-C-H. But when he incorporated the company, he dropped the H. And you can imagine why. Since uh, in English-speaking countries, his name might have been mispronounced. Yeah, I would not say Beak. Yeah. (laughs) B-I-C-H. He was really concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So then in 1945, he made these pens and sold them in the U.S. And these pens were like a huge hit. This was like the iPhone of technology at the time. People (laughs) lined up to buy these pens. And they cost, in 1945, $12.50. Do you want to venture a guess how much money that might be in 2020 dollars? $100? More. $180, $200? Oh, soups. You're bang on. $180. <laughs> so $180 today was twelve fifty in 1945. So people were lining wow. up to buy this pen. And it was like this huge... That gets you one pen? Yeah. <laughs> So this was like just this amazing invention and they were so happy. So yeah, that's how the ballpoint pen, which is known in some areas as the Bic, after the company named after Marcel Bic. Mm-hmm. And some places they're called the Biro, named after Laszlo Biro. The inventor. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this was the ballpoint pen, which is what I have in my hand and wrote all my notes in, was a big revolution in the pen industry. Cool. Wow. Another big technological advancement in pens came from the Fisher Space Pen. The space pen? The astronauts? The space pen, the astronaut pen. Yeah. So there are lots of different stories about this, but I want to start with my fact number three about the space pen. So fact number three, the Fisher Space Pen was the first product sold from space. To who? So this is amazing. (laughs) Russian cosmonauts on Mir... In 1998, they had a live satellite call on QVC, which is an American televised shopping channel. It's live. You can watch it and you can call and order products. It's called QVC. They had the cosmonauts demonstrate using this pen on the space station. But what's (laughs) hilarious, I watched the video of this. It's on YouTube. (laughs) It's amazing. So the cosmonauts are speaking in Russian and there's a translator speaking Russian to them. And there was a problem with the audio. So the American announcer is like, we're live in New York. Can you guys show us your pens? And they're like trying to do it. And the cosmonauts are just like looking at each other. And they're all like angry. Like they can't hear what's going on. And you can hear the translator being like, you need to write it. They want you to write it. They're like, write the letters QVC. And you can hear them in (laughs) Russian. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Oh, no. I'll put that on the blog, the video for the the QVC. But why would the cosmonauts have a fisher space pen great question tanner so i'm guessing because tanner's kind of a weird pen aficionado (laughs) certainly his dad is hi bilbo (laughs) do you know the story of the space pen i think it goes like this nasa wanted to make something for astronauts to write with in space but pens work through gravity right it pulls the ink down 
So when they're in space, they can't write with a normal pen. So they came up with this whole program to make a space pen. And they spent all this money on it. Meanwhile, the cosmonauts just used a pencil. So that is a very commonly shared story of how the space pen happened. But like many such stories, it's not true. Oh, no. First of all, pencils are terrible in space because pencils are made of wood and wood is highly flammable. And you have to sharpen them with leaves, little shards of wood and dust of graphite everywhere. And this is very bad in a spaceship. Yeah. Pencils are very bad in space. So they first tried mechanical pencils. So those are the ones you like click and have like a single thing. Mm -hmm. But the problem with this is it still makes graphite dust and it conducts electricity. So it was very dangerous and could mess up the circuitry. What happened, though, was Fisher, he actually designed the pen almost as like a kind of a hobby. I mean, it is kind of a weird thing to think about how pens require gravity. Yeah. You cannot use them without gravity. So he wanted to make a no-gravity pen. So he invented it. And then he heard about NASA having problems with writing utensils in space. So he proposed it to them. And they were like, eh, I don't know if this is good. How could you possibly have made this? And they tested it. And then they were like, oh, yeah, this is great. So he (laughs) sold it to NASA, to the Americans. And he also sold the space pen to the Soviets. So they Ah. both used it. Very smart businessman. Yeah, he played both teams. I mean, ultimately, this pen is just really good for the human race's ability to write in space. Alternatively, though, NASA's astronauts also had felt tip pens. Ooh, felt tip. Which also get around this problem. It's basically a brush. So it's kind of not really considered a pen. It's more of a brush. Mm -hmm. But before that, the Russians were using grease pencils instead of graphite. So they ended up using this Fisher Spin or they did it with the pencil? They also ended up buying the Fisher Space Pen, just like the Americans. So they ended up using the same thing. So this whole story about the pencil is not true because pencils are actually really terrible Yeah. in a capsule. Sure. So yeah, they're actually still used. And they were the writing utensils carried on the SpaceX launch in May of oh, wow. 2020. So you could theoretically use it to write upside down? You can use it to write upside down. You can use it to write underwater. It works in really extreme temperatures. It's pretty impressive and you can buy one for yourself yes how much does it cost on amazon and shipping to poland they range between ten dollars and 136 dollars it's affordable yeah decent yeah if you really want it you could get it and it really is a pretty impressive thing Mm -hmm. does it push the ink out it's pressurized yeah Yeah. and then there's an air chamber and it's a ballpoint kind of style yeah it just pushes the ink out instead of using gravity Yes, yes. And the ink is also much more viscous than normal Mm -hmm. ink. Wow, that's a smart guy, that Fisher. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. This guy, Fisher, he ran against John F. Kennedy in the Democratic primary for president. The pen guy? Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Of course, it's a democratic country. Anybody can run for primaries. Sure, sure. I mean, he had a very successful business. Even this pen is pretty impressive. If he sold the same product to the Soviets and the US, I think he would make a decent politician. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I want to talk about the most expensive pen. Before I say it, do you guys want to maybe venture a guess at what the most expensive pen would cost? So my guess is the most expensive pen is about $12,500. 
Yeah, I think it's in that range. I'm going to say 20,000. You guys are way too low. Oh, no. You got to move up. Is it like 100,000? You got to move up a couple magnitudes, team. Okay, fact number four. The most expensive recurring model of pen is the Aurora Diamante, which costs $1.47 million. What? (laughs) No. And Get out of here. That's my questionable fact. And then a free fact. This one is totally true. The most expensive pen ever sold Mm -hmm. that was sold at an auction is called the Fulger Nocturnus. And it was sold in 2010 for $8 million. $8 million? $8 million. So the thing with this one, the $8 million one, and why I didn't count it as the most expensive is because they only made one for the auction. Right, right. But this Aurora Diamante, this is a model of pen that the Aurora Pen Company makes. And it's available for purchase. It is available for purchase for $1.47 million, but they only (laughs) made one per year. Okay. So I need to reserve it. Yes, yes. So it's like limited edition. Yes, only one person can buy it per year. Do you know what kind of waiting times are we looking at? I spent so much time today. I looked at the Aurora catalog and all of their pens, and this is what I found out. And this is really, I should have (laughs) known this, but I went to the Aurora website and looked at their pen catalog. They have two catalogs. They have a high-end catalog and a medium-range catalog. And then they have some pens available on their website for purchase. Okay. So those are presumably the lower end pens, the ones on their website. And I'm guessing all of these pens have free shipping, right? Because the last thing I want to do is after paying $1.47 million is pay another $20 for shipping. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So what I found was the pens on the website, the lower end, many of them were around four to 5,000 euro. Okay. That's low end. That's the low end. So I was looking at the high-end catalog, and they have some amazing pens on there, including the Diamante. And they're all just numbered. So I assume you have to, like, call. And so I think it's one of those things where if you have to ask the price, you cannot afford it. So I did try to find how to actually buy it, and I could not. And then I also tried to find people who have bought it, and I could not. So this is some exclusive. Okay. Hmm. uh, Way too rich for my blood. The reason this pen is so expensive is because, well, Aurora is an Italian pen company, and they're the only Italian pen company that manufactures all of the parts of the pen in Italy, including its solid gold nib and the body of the pen, which is covered in 1919 De Beers diamonds. And that number is important because the company was founded in 1919. Wow. So it's a hundred-year-old company. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and they only sell one per year, though you are allowed to customize it if you wish with your logo or your family crest. Wow. I think we need a crest for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We could use a crest. It's wild, this pen. Wow. Okay. So those are my facts about pens. Those were really cool. I'll recap and you guys will guess which one is not true. Absolutely. Yes. Number one, the word pen comes from the Latin word peniculus, which meant brush, or more literally, little penis. Fact number two, Biro is a brand of pens made by the Bic Corporation, and both of those words are eponyms, meaning they're named for people. 
Fact number three. The Fisher Space Pen was the first product sold from space. And fact number four. The most expensive recurring model of pen is the Aurora Diamante, which costs $1.47 million. Wow. Incredibly hard. Yeah. One of those is a lie. Tenor, go for it. Okay. Okay. I'm always leaning towards the Latin one, the etymology one, but I love that etymology so much that origin is just too good. So I'm going to go with the names. I think that Biro and Bic were not the names of these guys. Okay. Or maybe one was and one wasn't. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Actually, Tanner, I want to agree with you. Not because I believe that that's the lie, but because usually you get it right for the wrong <laughs> reason. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just going to say, I have a feeling about the most expensive pen, the number. Hmm. Not sure. Maybe it's more expensive than $1.47 million. Well, you guys were guessing in like <laughs> the tens of thousands. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, now that I've expanded my imagination and I think more about it and that you described it with all of the exclusivity that comes with the spend. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it actually costs more. So that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Fact number four. Okay. So I'm really excited on this one. <laughs> and also disappointed. Oh, no. Please don't tell me it's the etymology. Oh, no, it is. It is? Oh, no. Yeah. So, pen does not come from Peniculus. Pencil, pencil. comes oh, from Oh, my God. I didn't know this. I assumed pen and pencil came from the same word, but they yeah. don't. They have totally different etymologies. So, pencil comes from little penis. Pen comes from pena, which meant to feather. Okay. Because, of oh. course, because pens were made of feathers. Wow. So, I know. It was the Latin one. So, the little penis thing is true, but for pencil, not pen. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess. I should have known. I really should have known. I should have known. Thanks for listening to the I Should Have Known podcast. Check us out on social media to get extra fun facts and to let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. And don't forget to follow or subscribe. You can even let your friends know about your new favorite trivia podcast.